Welcome back to the Unrepresentative Store Podcast. Uh, I am Rob, and Nick is Nick. And we're here today in a monumental fortnight slash week of uh, good old-fashioned political fun. Yeah, my goodness. A fair bit happening over the last uh, week and a half, to say the least. Dare I say, Rob, we might even have to just cut the really entertaining banter and just get straight to it, you know what I mean? I think so. And you know what? That hurts uh, for me to hear. Because I had so much prepared before all this stuff happened, you know? A lot of these uh, comedic bits kind of lined up, but... um. Oh, of course. Uh, so, we want to talk about cutting the banter and such. I'm not going to engage in your uh, dross, Good let's man. call it. Good man. And that was a, a, a test, and you passed, so... Thank you, man. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Uh, we will, be, of course, be covering Australian politics predominantly this week, all about... Breaking news today that the Liberal Party will not endorse the Voice referendum, and also covering the their defeat in the Aston by election and the New South Wales state election. But first, Rob, we must must cover probably going to be the most sensationalist news stories uh, of the year globally, which is that Trump has been indicted on criminal charges in the state of New York. Yeah, what a timeline we live in, by the way. That bloke was president. And I think that that's something that we don't consider enough. I was 16 when he won the election. And now I'm 23. As of yeah. today, thank you yeah. for saying happy, happy birthday, birthday, Rob. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> anyway, indicted and arrested uh, today. Uh, well, you know, today in Australia, in New York, for uh, the alleged payments made to Stormy Daniels, the porn star, back before he got elected as president. So, indicted on 34 accounts of falsifying business records, where if that was done to facilitate another crime, which in this case would be a campaign finance uh, violation, that is a criminal uh, conviction, if it is proved. And Rob, yeah, we're going to not go into too much detail about this. There's a lot that has been written and said about it. Many podcasts are really good one by The Daily, which kind of tracks the hilarious farce of the Trump team trying to uh, react and preempt the announcement of these charges. I don't know if you listened to that one. That's yeah, yeah, funny. no, I, ha- I have listened to that one, actually, Nick. Yeah, go read that if you want to do some extra reading or listen to it, I should say. But critical questions, really, the political questions, are, one, does this seal the fate of the Republican nomination? Does this hand on a silver platter to Trump that nomination and even maybe some might say the election result next year in 2024? And secondly, was this hence a mistake by the, and I put this in air quotes, uh, Democratic uh, DA, uh, the prosecutors in New York, to uh, lay this charge against Trump? Uh, or, or is they just uh, correctly applying the rules? Rob, any thoughts? So thoughts, this is exactly what the Trump base needs and wants. And he will most likely now win the Republican nomination, I think provided that he's not found guilty. Even if he is found guilty, maybe he'll still win it somehow. Uh, I can't say on the uh, presidential election 
but I think he'll certainly be the Republican nom- nominee. Uh, I think it depends on who he comes up against, let's say, if he'll win the election or not. Very nice. Well, I think it's likely at this point to be DeSanctimonious, Ron DeSantis, as the main competitor to Trump for the Republican nomination for the presidential election. I am kind of hesitant to say that this will hand him the nomination, to be honest. I think it's still so far away and everyone's making, I want to say, a huge deal out of this. And I, I don't know if it's that justified because, you know, this is such a quick news cycle. And of course, it will keep coming up and up again as there's developments in the trial. But I think there's just going to be so much more that comes up. I, I don't know if we'll, this will have the kind of all-consuming attention that people say it's going to have. Yeah. I mean, you're right in that it's not a slam dunk case. So he could be acquitted, which you think probably would be good for him. But, you know, I don't even want to say that as well. Like, what might be good for the nomination may be really, really bad for the presidential election, i.e. if he's convicted or is embroiled in these criminal proceedings. Yeah. Voters outside the super Trump Republican base, which will just support him no matter what he does at this point, it's fair to say, that won't do well with those voters. So, you know, on that, I guess that speaks more to the point of was this a correct decision? But I really think that, I, I get, you know, I think this is really dumb people putting it in this lens of it was a political decision to do that or not. Because, you know, if you're familiar with the idea of the rule of law, if there's enough evidence that you were guilty of a crime, you should be charged for that. It doesn't matter who you are. Politics doesn't play into it. And clearly the prosecutors in York think that Trump did commit a crime. They have the evidence to prove it. So, you know, on one view, no matter what, who he is, they're going to do that. Uh, yeah, sure. You know, the rule of law is good and all, but um, have we considered that this is all just a... Uh you know, corrupt, bigoted scheme by Democrats to try and politically persecute the only person that's willing to stick up for America at this point in Donald Trump. Oh, no. <laughs> Rob, Rob's gone Trump again. <laughs> I feared this would happen. Um, but, you know, uh, polling by Yahoo has shown that Trump has gained a lead because of this uh, in the lead up to the criminal arrest. But that, he was in the lead already. So, yeah. who knows? I also wonder what De Sanctimonious's um by the way, he's a genius for coming up with that. Yeah. Uh De Sanctimonious's point of difference is compared to Trump because he's in the same mold, let's say. He's incredibly conservative. So I don't see how he can throw mud at this situation without seeming like he's, you know, one of those corrupt Democrats himself. Which makes it very difficult for him to actually utilize this to improve his standings in the Republican nomination, and in general, just like I don't see how what what the difference is mainly. Yeah, he's trying to find a very narrow channel in terms of responding to Trump being arrested by saying that it's a witch hunt, but also that Trump's an idiot and shouldn't have bribed a porn star, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is the best of both worlds. But whether or not that'll stick. Which, by the way. The thing that I'm most excited for is the kind of Johnny Depp versus Amanda, whatever the fuck her Amber. name was. Amber Heard. <laughs> Amber Heard, that's it. Uh, uh, scandalousness of this trial. And I hope that we get some uh, bizarre and juicy details 
Yeah, I, I think it'll be a lot of boring business documents, but, you know, they'll report the interesting parts. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's like when they have good defo proceedings, um, like the ones that were happening recently uh, with Murdoch Press. You get all kinds of juicy stuff. And that is actually, more has come out in the Crikey and Murdoch case in Australia as well, which we simply don't have enough time to get into, Rob. Oh, no, we don't. Absolutely not. But, I, I yeah, I do think uh, it upsets me a lot of the reporting about this Trump arrest stuff because... It's communicating to, you know, it exacerbates the problem if you communicate to um, the wider public that this was a choice. But, you know, I don't think it wasn't, a cho- it shouldn't be a choice. Yeah, but quite frankly, Nick, no one is as much of a law nerd as you. It's just, it's a politics thing, Rob. Law and politics, same thing, man. No, they're not. Other breaking news as well, and I'll just very quickly footnote this, is the Wisconsin Supreme Court election. That was a very important election in Wisconsin to decide on the future majority in their state Supreme Court in terms of liberals and conservatives, which is, uh, if people don't know, judge elections in the US are highly politicized as they're not here. Separation of powers, am I right? Yeah, working so well. (laughs) And Wisconsin is one of the most gerrymandered states in the US and the Republicans have basically rigged the system so that they will never lose. So now that liberal majority has, and you know, confusing that we're using the word liberal here in the US sense, that obviously means progressive. That majority might have the potential to tip the scales away from the Republicans for the first time in like 20 years. Very interesting. But anyway, Rob, what happened in Australia? So we're talking about liberals in America. Let's talk about liberals in Australia. Oh yes, juicy. Because it's been, um, let's say, an interesting couple of weeks for for the Liberal Party. Starting with the New South Wales state election, yeah, into last week's by-election, and then hot off the press, literally like this afternoon as we're recording, the Liberals formally opposing the Voice, which is surprising but also not surprising. In I the was same sentence. Yeah, I was totally ready to tell everyone that we predicted this correctly on the podcast that Dutton and the Liberals would make a big um, hot bother about this, but then they would eventually agree to support the voice or at the very least have a conscience vote but no they've come out (laughs) uh against it so i I think it's important here to just trace maybe the the kind of chronology of what happened here rob yeah trace it for me my man yeah new south wales state election last weekend um oh sorry the weekend before that even last weekend no the weekend before that and uh, Labor beat the Liberal Party, but not enough to form a majority. So they still need to form a coalition with the Greens or Independents. But Labor, pretty convincing win over the Liberal Party. Yes. And this is the Liberal Party in New South Wales, which has presented itself far better in being that small L liberal than the federal Liberal Party did in the last uh, federal election. And basically every Liberal Party in every state election since Scott Morrison. Certainly. Yeah. And Parate did a good job at doing that, even though he himself was somewhat conservative. He really led a a united front. But, you know, as many people said, that Liberal Party was had been in government for like thirteen odd years or something. Yeah, I think that this this result, whilst uh people tried to extrapolate a lot in terms of the grander Liberal Party, I think a, a lot of it was just that kind of its time factor. Uh but also, as we've come to learn in Aston, and also, I think, somehow off the back of this voice decision, uh, maybe there are some more structural and uh, 
terminal issues for the Liberal Party, let's say. Mayhaps, because as the, the New South Wales state election marks, now every single government, federal and state on the mainland, so that's leaving out Tasmania, is so Labor. It's a really nice caveat, that, saying mainland Australia, rather than like, you know, five of the six states. Yeah, yeah. It's very easy to say, isn't it? Yeah. It's a very nice caveat, for sure. And uh, I saw the president of the Victorian Liberals speaking on Q&A the other night, and he did make the point that that's not totally unprecedented. There's been times, Hawke-Keating as an example, where this has happened, but it still feels very um, zeitgeisty, you know, that this makes sense at the moment. Uh, It matches up with the problems that we've been talking about at the Liberal Party and that many people are seeing. But anyway, Rob, what happened after the New South Wales state election? Well, uh, on the weekend just gone, we had the Aston by-election. And for those playing along at home, Aston is an electorate in Melbourne's far east. About half an hour drive from Melbourne CBD, I believe. A little expert, Rob. Uh, And it's very similar to like, you know, uh, whatever furthest most suburb you live in Perth. uh, In that, you know, you go any more further out and it's bush. Yeah, exactly. It's not. It's not super. It's not a super small L Liberal seat, for example. Yeah, prime Liberal Party, uh, John Howard Battler Heartland. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they held it uh, convincingly for a long time. So at one point, uh, they had a ten percent uh, margin over the Labor. So you know, quite safe seat. Uh, it went to a nice edge in twenty twenty two last year. And Alan Tudge obviously held that seat by a few percentage points. And then Alan Tudge, of course, resigned. And then there was a by-election last Saturday, Rob. And what happened? Did the Liberals win? Uh, No, they lost. Uh, And my God, uh, you know, Peter Dutton said there was a test of leadership. Uh, Oops. (laughs) I think that's a pretty big sign that your leadership's not working. Well, yeah, he came on Insiders last Sunday, which is quite brave of him, really. Very brave. And said that uh, they failed the test. (laughs) Yeah. It's very interesting because it seems that it has no consequences, especially given what the news today. He's admitted that they failed a test, but they're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, they lost by 13%. Sorry, they've had a 13% swing in Aston since the 2019 election, which is monumental that's like mark mcgowan uh, numbers that's crazy um so clearly there's an issue in that electorate and in victoria for a long time the liberals have had an issue that you know we would obviously say stems to these more fundamental issues of the liberal party yeah so now uh in melbourne uh whatever you class as melbourne whatever the electorate classes as melbourne there's only two liberal seats out of like 15 electorates or whatever yeah so, uh, gee, a couple of issues going on there, don't you think? Yeah. So very few seats in Victoria as a whole compared to somewhere like Queensland where, you know, basically the Liberal Party runs out of Queensland these days, yeah, it is. which is not even a joke because it's like not even a, joke. a lot of the MPs are from Queensland. Yeah. LMP, am I right? Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, so that was obviously big. And then, you know, by last weekend, you're thinking, okay, we've had the New South Wales state election, Aston by-election. It feels like this has really put Peter Dutton and the Liberals on their knees uh, even more than you know, the result of last year's election, yeah. which you would have thought was enough to do that. That was already as low as it got, but it turns out that pit does get lower. Yeah. And by the way, losing uh, an election, a by-election as opposition hadn't been done in over a century. 
Oh. So, yeah, they're breaking the wrong kinds of records. There's some some serious stats coming out of that, you know. A lot like, of stats. And you love the stats. Oh, you know, first time that a, a, a governing party has won back a seat of opposition in over a century. First time they've won Aston in over, you know, 60 years or whatever. It's just fucking stats galore in your face that says, hey, something's not right here. Yeah. A seat like Aston, out of by-election, when the government is the Labour Party, should be win won by the Liberal Party. Yeah, but it's not. So, gee, a c- couple of issues going on there. The 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 warning bells should be going off. They um, should be if going they weren't off. already. They should be going off majorly. Yeah, and you got to the smoke alarm is not going off, and this is when you need to call someone to fix it because this is this is an issue. This is becoming dangerous. Yeah. Uh but uh, what happens today, Rob? Well, what happens today in an effort to become more moderate and um, you know, find that center that the Liberal Party. Has, has won elections seventy percent of the time of being that centre right party because yep. I think most people are centre right. Uh, no, they've gone even more to the right. They're listening to Sky News after dark even more, and they're going to oppose the voice to Parliament, which is the most like boring referendum in years, seemingly. Yeah, I mean it's they they've made a huge deal about this politically. I mean, you know, credit to them from a strategic point of view they've been able to generate a bit of discussion about the the pros and cons and the actual merits of the voice, uh, all of which I think is, you know, not really a huge deal. As we've said before on the podcast, obviously from a lot of people's perspectives, it isn't enough. And that's a huge line the Liberals are running in that they want to do on the ground uh, difference. But this is like, it's like you can't, why can't you have both? You know what I mean? It's like, why would you not support this body in parliament uh, if you can do that and also achieve whatever progress you want to achieve on the ground as well? Yeah. Uh, so I think it's, it's trying to speak to the weird platform that the Liberal Party is trying to run on now in that they're going to have to... They've ceded those teal seats. They're not winning those back under the, their current model. At all, right? I can't. There's not a world where that happens. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I Rob, this just seems ludicrous to me. Yeah, I, I like. So we both thought. We obviously we've said on the podcast before that we didn't think this was going to happen. We thought Peter Dutton was going to quietly uh, support, you know, come out and support the Voice, or at least have a conscious vote. Obviously, that's not happened. There were Liberal MPs calling for a conscious vote, but they had the majority of the party room support this position. Obviously. Um, so I'm incredulous that that happened. It seems to me to play right into Labor's hand here because I think this election will pass and it's just going to make the Liberals look even more old-fashioned than they currently are. And also, why not just do a, what Howard did in 99 when he didn't support that referendum, which was the Republican referendum, but because it was election promise, he supported it and then just fought really, really hard to make it fail. And it did fail. Yeah. And then that kind of, you know, sealed that issue until now, until, you know, and now going forward, you know what I mean? 20 years later, it's still not an issue. So, yeah, it's, um, it's just a bizarre strategic strategy. And we should say, say that maybe they know something that we don't because usually p- political parties are smarter than a couple of dumb idiots on the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, but it just feels like what could it possibly be? Yeah, I it that's the thing. They've seated they've seated those teal seats, so now they need to focus on those outer suburban seats like Aston, which they lost by the way. 
if you didn't, if you weren't listening five minutes ago, somehow on a podcast. Zoning uh, back in. Anyways, uh, that makes their path to electoral victory. Ex- not even thinking about the voice here. I think the voice will probably pass, by the way, uh, which will be the first in forever that a referendum passes referendum passing, without yep. bipartisan support. Yep. But anyways, it makes their pathway to winning a majority very, very narrow. They have to win just about every outer suburban seat in the country. Every seat in Queensland. <laughs> plus yeah, more. every seat in plus Queensland. Some. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing I think of is like, like maybe there's something we're not seeing in the voice. Maybe a lot of these smaller liberals actually don't support it. But, you know, I think maybe a lot of the talk around, oh, it should be X, Y, Z instead will disappear when it comes to actually voting yes or no for it. I feel like most people will probably say yes. Uh, yeah, it's a feeling. Maybe we're completely 100% wrong on the voice. Yeah. Um, well, I must say, it actually make it does make me a little fearful about the future of the voice. Me too, me too. Because, you know, if if the referendum comes back and it's no on the voice, that is done for... You know, you, you see how long it's been since we've had any talk about it with the public. And uh, my God, what a great shame on Australia if it doesn't pass. And yeah, we'll be an international laughing stock. Australia votes yeah. no to have... To recognise Yeah, to recognise First Nations in its parliament. Like... Oh, God. Uh, we will, rightly so, be the absolute laughing stock. Not even a laughing stock. Like, just a fucking embarrassment. Yeah, absolute embarrassment. Yeah, a colonial, yeah. really, nation. Which would be horrific, and I, I really have nightmares about that. But, you know, I hope it'll pass. Um, and I guess hoping that and thinking that is probably going to happen, it seems weird that poor Peter Dutton would personally support this as well. Because even though it, there's no one really that looks like they're ready to take the leadership from him, um, it just seems like, why would he do this? Like, he's putting the Liberal Party into... A huge defeat in the next election and there's no way he'll hang around if they lose the next election you think well I, there's no way you can hang around if they if the referendum passes right i i don't know i i literally don't think there's anyone to replace him like so, so susan susan lay angus taylor paul fletcher have all been flooded around but like who are they you know what i yeah, mean yeah. i don't know who any of them are they I don't know have any susan kind of spotlight lay, that's yeah. not saying much. Well, Angus Taylor, energy minister during ScoMo's government. Famous. Um, and yeah, didn't didn't win any votes with the small L liberals there. <laughs> uh, and I think it's a really good point you said about the Teals, Rob. You know, so much talk about the Teals last election when they did win was that like, especially coming from the liberals, was, oh, you know, this is a what once in a lifetime kind of situation. Yeah. They're going to go away. ScoMo's just so unpopular. Yeah. It'll all fix itself. The, the so-called protest vote. Yeah. But... If that was going to happen, you would think that in order to fix that, the Liberal Party had to deal with that in some kind of way. Yeah. But this is the opposite. No. Going further down that Sky News After Dark path makes it incredibly difficult for them to ever win another election. Yeah. Which is why I think this is a terminal issue, Nick. Yeah. And it's a good phrase for it, Rob, because it does seem like time and time again they've had a reminder that this is an issue going back years and years but they, they seem unable to do anything about it and you know i think look to today's decision on the voice for that they had the majority of the party room clearly thinking it was a good idea to not support the voice yeah and, and it's like for sure they have their nuanced arguments about this structure is bad or we should be doing this instead for first nations people but like we said before look at this from a macro perspective the liberal party is saying we should not constitutionally enshrine 
a voice of parliament, recognition of First Nations people in this country. Yeah. And also they're, they're, they're detaily uh, very Howard 99 of trying to get bogged down in details so it gets no. Doesn't really make sense. It's like, yeah, we'll have voices at regional levels, but you won't fix it by having a voice in Canberra. It's like, where do you think the majority of decisions about governing happens? Canberra, you fucking <laughs> idiot. That's where the majority of power to change Australia and, you know, try and solve some of the issues the Indigenous people face lie, right? Yeah, I, I mean, totally. And I think let's not make, let's make no illusion about it. Many of these conservative liberal MPs just simply don't want to do this. Oh, yeah, Because obviously. it's not a priority for them. They think, you know, First Nations people shouldn't get some kind of, air quotes, special yeah, treatment. they should just pull them up, pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Exactly. Um, so they, they think this shouldn't happen. Just ignore um, every single colonial disadvantage that have ever faced Indigenous people. Exactly, which is obviously abhorrent. Um, but that's how a lot of these ultra-conservative echo chamber people think, I think. So that is a, a huge view. Also, they've managed to convince other people who I assume have more moderate views in the Liberal Party that it's best to not support the voice. Crazy to me, Rob. Absolutely crazy to me. Um, it seems like you said earlier this... This means that going forward, Labor and the Greens will be more of a um, influence in the term. <laughs> I guess in the sense that they're going to be actually passing stuff that's relevant to yeah. the Australian electorate. Well, I think Albanese said it well actually today in that um, this is once again a Liberal Party that's worried about themselves rather than the future of the country. Yeah, totally. Uh, and their track record under the Dutton opposition has just been, they've just dealt themselves out of every single negotiation tactic, every single negotiation on policy for the whole year, essentially, at this point. Uh, and we're seeing much more policy discussion between Labor and the Greens, which, in my mind, makes the Greens a far better opposition party than the opposition themselves. Yeah, and like you know, look at the what's dominating the public sphere at the moment, which is cost of living crisis, and I I think the Greens and the Labor have the most to say about that. Um, the Liberals are focusing on uh, the voice, uh, opposition to the voice, transgender issues for some reason. Yeah, of course, which is a, a huge distraction. You know, social issues like transgender issues, where Labor and the Greens are saying obviously transgender people are people let's say yes to that and move on the liberals want to get bogged down in the details there as well so they're on that sense as well completely missing the mark and it seems like the most robust discussions about actual policy are happening between the labor and the greens for example um the energy what was it the the safeguard mechanism. Ah, yes, the safeguard mechanism. Yes, which was passed with uh, Labor and the Greens support, the, the Greens making concessions. So there's an example of how Labor and the Greens might do some actual governing. It's yeah. great to hear. Uh, but, you know, the Greens, uh, Rob, that's not a super friendly alliance historically. No. it's For me, it's very similar to like the UK and uh, Soviet Russia during World War Two type of an alliance. Yeah, it's like we have a common enemy, so things will work out well for now, but I've got my eye on you. <laughs> yeah. You may be a future enemy. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if Greens does truly become the opposition, then uh, that, would, that narrative would work quite well. Yeah, and 
I again, I want to stress the point of uh, in their current state because political parties are very good at adapting. We've seen this. We imagine saying this ten years ago that the Liberal Party would have, is in terminal issues when you know it's the end of the Rudd Gillard Rudd era, and everyone was saying the same thing about Labor. Yeah. So, I want to say that things can change, but looking at the demographics that the Liberal Party is currently trying to win basically just baby boomers at this point <laughs> uh no young people are voting for the party women have abandoned the party in droves i think indigenous people won't take kindly to the fact that they're not going to be recognized no i will say there is some um first nations opposition to the voice but yeah yeah I, you would say you would think oh by the way the lydia majority. thorpe and the coalition agree on something <laughs> oh yeah lydia thorpe i would say hasn't i think fully decided i i think she will vote yes for the referendum she oh, just doesn't okay. know yet um but yeah <laughs> some similarity there. yeah funny um so i just can't see a path to them getting government becoming government particularly under Dutton, but yeah. under their current model. They I, need to do some seismic changes to win government again. I think that's a good um, moderating point, Rob, because if you look to a example of what it might look like, a, a new and modern Liberal Party, uh, the guy on Q&A said last night, the social media age of the Liberal Party, I was like, that's just the worst way to describe <laughs> it. Uh, but it might be someone like Matt Keane in New South Wales, yeah, um, who was obviously the energy minister under, uh, I think the energy minister under the New South Wales state government, um, the small L liberal, progressive liberal, uh, who many are saying should be the leader of the opposition now in New South Wales. Um, he hasn't, I don't think, confirmed that yet. Uh, no, he says he won't. Yeah, that's right. He said he won't, he won't do that. But that's an example of what it might look like. You know, someone like that yeah. who doesn't think climate change is a myth, um, is actively wanting to take action on climate change, but has, you know, these uh, traditional liberal values about, uh, I guess, conservative eco- economics, which is yeah. also awful and you know, oh, yeah. causing the world to fall apart. But it's you know it's gradients of it, you know what I mean? We move, yeah, we move yeah. that to one side for now. Yeah, like if you think this is like our like edgy position, you know, my edgy position is like Labour and the coalition that all the parties are getting economics wrong and that there's nothing to prevent our inevitable late stage capitalism doom. But you know, you gotta take things as they are. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You must take things ha- how they are, Nick. Uh and again, th- like I think this is typified typified by the teal seats. A lot of just centre-right people are going, yeah, okay, Labor's a little bit further left than I want them, which, by the way, okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not going to vote for you them. You want to see left. <laughs> I don't want to vote for the loonies at the Liberal Party who are just like, you know, addicted to Sky News at this point. Yeah, in some circa early 2000s yeah. um, time machine. So, I don't know. It's... I, I, and again, I will preface that, you know, political parties are very good at changing... Look at the Labor Party 10 years ago versus the Liberal Party 10 years ago uh, and imagine having this conversation then. But they have got such a small base that they're appealing to. And, hey, what is so crazy about climate change and just recognising that it's happening? Yeah, we've all moved on. (laughs) We've said this for years and years and years. So, yeah, uh, maybe, Rob, what happens is that they lose the next election 
and and then as you said this kind of seismic change can happen very quickly um and there's a new and reformed liberal party but i think the problem is one very quickly they have huge links to the conservative media and that's a huge problem for them is that there's such a revolving door in terms of ideas um political alliances it's all part of the same Peter system Kredlin. exactly you know like yeah her going from abbott's uh, right hand woman uh to on sky news after dark uh great example i think that's a, such a huge issue for them so that's really hamstringing them and another thing is that you have just all of these old white conservative MPs hanging around yeah, it's who a, are not going to let go of their seats. It's a bit of a death cycle in that the more that they get loose seats, particularly in those moderate areas, the more conservative the party gets, the more they want to become more conservative. And it just keeps going down that road until you're just left with the most conservative of the conservatives left. That'll never win an election again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really good point. Because if you look at like the state, New South Wales and Victorian Liberal parties. Ages the ago, they were ready. Whoa. Yeah, whoa! Ages ago, they were ready to move in the right, right direction towards the centre. Um, but at the end of the day, you just have more conservative federal MPs, which seems stupid. But like, yeah, screw the Liberal base, screw the Liberal Party, like members in terms of like people who are like citizens, financial members. If you have more conservative MPs in the party room in Canberra on the day it means you're not going to support the voice. Yeah. Even though I'm sure so many people in the state liberal parties and, you know, just liberal officials are screaming, saying, what the hell is the party doing? Well, the the Tasmanian state government, oh, that's funny, uh, have come out in they support of the government. voice. So, you know, every liberal party at a state level is actually support of the voice. There you go. So, interesting. Anyways, uh... My opinions as a private citizen are different to that of my opinions as a public servant. Nice. My opinions are universal uh, all across all of the different things I do, including on behalf of uh, all my employers. No worries. Uh, And if you want to hear more spicy opinions, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Swill and at Swill Podcast on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. So much we have yet to cover. I mean, we've got AUKUS, climate change. The IPCC had a new uh, chilling report, I think, a few weeks ago. We have yet to cover everything happening in America, Rob, the UK even. Um, Stay tuned. We're going to cover it all. Long year. More to come.